The future will be great, but today is just as incredible. Meet Nissan's most advanced lineup. If you can't get enough adrenaline, there's the all-new 400-horsepower Nissan Zed. Or, for your off-road adventures, check out the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. If you're more of a spontaneous road trip type of cat, hop in the Nissan Pathfinder. And for something more electric, there's the stylish Nissan Aria. Jason, let's enjoy the ride. 23 Aria and Z are not yet available for purchase. Expected availability spring for 23Z and fall for the 23 Aria. Let's go, baby. How long gone? We're back. Oh, another beautiful week in Los Angeles, California. Another beautiful Nissan ad. Thank you for your hard work on that, Jason. Um, and thank you to all our sponsors, even the ones that aren't advertising on this podcast. Yeah, and thank you to our listeners for using the fast-forward button if they want to and listening to the ads if they want to as well. I know that ads are a bummer, but, you know. I disagree. I think ads are some of the uh, ads make the world go round, and if you don't watch the Super Bowl for the ads, <laughs> I don't understand you. I agree. I, th- I think we're in a world where uh, Patreon and patronizing and crowdfunding and GoFunding, mm-hmm. it's it's one way, but I, you know, I think both of us love advertising in general so much. We like products so much much and mm-hmm. and i see commercials all the time on television that are just bad and i remember watching commercials and being like oh that was cool that was interesting that was fun i liked it i might even in, be endeared to a brand so much because i like their ad that i'll support the product and i think i think that can still happen mm-hmm. that's right I mean, every every commercial you see doesn't make any sense it's just like a quirky irrelevant thing hey man it's called creativity you should try it sometime that's not a problem for me Chris. and unfortunately sometimes when you take big swings you can also take a whiff you know and and that's <laughs> yeah that's kind of what the advertising industry is built on Regardless of that, thank you to Nissan. Speaking of advertising, Jason, it sounds like you fell you fell victim to some advertising and went to see the uh, Scientologist promotional vehicle <laughs> Memorial Day weekend behemoth known as Top Gun Two. Or is there is there a, 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 another deck I think for it's, that I think headline? It's called, I think it's Top Gun Maverick. Okay, okay. So you went and saw a classic dumb dumb big weekend <laughs> blockbuster movie where there's, you know, a, a throwaway Lady Gaga song that was on a hard drive in Mark Ronson's storage <laughs> locker. There's Tom his storage locker. Uh, there's Tom Cruise wearing uh his heeled boots to make sure he looks over five foot three, even when he's flying a, pl- a plane. Can you explain to me what compelled did you just want popcorn or, or were you actually interested in the movie? Brother, I asked myself the question as soon as my <laughs> ass touched the seat at the amc glendale theater i think it was a little bit of like hey we're all ready to go see a movie in the theaters but there haven't really been non-marvel movies sure that sure. were that felt theatrical worthy theater worthy and you know just the the right amount of people had said publicly like hey this is this is the one this is one to see this is it there. no this is it you know they've done it. They they captured the the spirit that we miss from being a kid. Like yes. they actually nailed this one. Like this, it's a home run. I bet they did. And and, and guess what, Chris? <laughs> it was not a home run. <laughs> you're telling me? Of course, me, it wasn't a home hold run. Hold on, you're telling me that you read somewhere that something was good, and then you went and paid your your hard earned <laughs> U.S. dollars to see it to support this country Memorial Day, and you were I I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, country. but disappointed. 
You were disappointed? I should have known better, of course. We all should have known better. We all saw this coming from a mile away. That's right. But I guess a little bit, you know, sometimes you just want to... You just want to go to a mall and buy popcorn and a Coke and sit with everyone and and experience group emotions together. And, and you know, going mm-hmm. to the movies and watching a film with, a, you know, a hundred strangers That's... is actually a, a special cool thing that should be preserved. But I thought your group emotions were experienced more often at the sauna at the Equinox. But I guess this is a different sort of. I guess this is a different sort of emotion. Yeah, yeah, that's my. That is one of my favorite group emotions to have. But <laughs> and it's a group you can actually see their their face. You know, that's that's yeah. Nice that well, they did everybody. finally replace the light bulb at the, at the Glendale one. But oh, that's nice. It was nice to be in a theater to be. You know, like we all watch movies at home on the couch while we look at our Instagram and Zillow and the real real, and that's just what it is. So it was nice to like watch a a stupid trailer and have, you know, like three guys behind you like laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's kind of nice to see like a like a group hatred, not a hatred, but a a group realization that what we're doing is stupid, but we're still doing it, you know? Like at the at the beginning of the film before the before the opening credits run, there's like a it's kind of it looks like a state of the union thing where Tom Cruise is like in his trailer somewhere uh-huh. and he's he's pre-recorded a thank you message to the audience watching it basically saying like hey hold on hold on hold on before the movie starts he's thanking you because he knows that the money has been deposited <laughs> and it doesn't matter anymore what you think about this garbage that he's about to put onto the the big screen that's that's genius. That's genius. It's a little bit of that it, it sort of guised as a, hey, I think we're out of the COVID woods now and we're ready to go back and see blockbuster movies and have a fun time. And you're all getting to do that because I'm Tom Cruise and who's the doctor they told you to go see. <laughs> yes, you know? of course. Yes. <laughs> but it, what did... <laughs> So it's him kind of thanking everybody like, hey, thanks. For, you know, we mm-hmm. we got to remember that us rich movie stars, we, we don't do it for the check. We don't do it for yeah, Zenu. No, we don't do we it don't for, do it for no. C. Uh, of course not. What's the what's the boat? The Scientology boat called C something? C Ranch? But but we're doing it for the the movie fans, and this is yes. re- remember why we do it and why we sacrifice our lives for you people. Yeah, for the letterboxed power users, uh, for Siskel and Ebert, <laughs> may he rest in peace. But it but it, it had the feel it had the feeling and and vibe. Remember at the beginning of COVID when Tom Hanks did that thing when COVID first came out and did that kind yes. of creepy self shot video. It, it kind of had that feel, and I'm like, you guys were on a a Bruckheimer movie set for a year and a half. Like you couldn't have filmed it doing that. It had to be on like, we instead shot it on Ricky's iPhone, uh, you know, in the hair and makeup trailer. Well, they wanted to feel, they want, they want to feel real and authentic, which I think is important for these kind of movie stars that live in the, you know, live in the clouds, That's true. you know, do a little something. Tick, it's a TikTok style. Exactly. We're doing everything in a TikTok style. Um, but yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, over, overall, I would say top gun, you know, it, it, it is worth seeing it in the theater. I did, you know, they kind of tied it all up in a nice bow, but you know the the writing was made for children. Let me guess, it's three and a half hours long. How, what are we looking it at? It actually wasn't that bad. It was. It was. Is it two? It may have been two. It may have been two. A movie. A movie like that should not even come close to two. <laughs> that should not touch two. That should be an hour and twenty five. And I would say you could even slim it down after that. I don't want it to enter into the shorts category, <laughs> of course. 
but I think we could trim it down. Two hours of shit blowing up is, I, I mean, I guess I said this last night to Al. I was like, I just don't smoke weed anymore. That's really what it comes down to. Like this, mm -hmm. this would never even cross my mind to go see this. Not because I'm smart, because I'm obviously not, but it's more that I just can't. I don't have the capacity to to, to just take an L to the head and just let this let this thing take over my life. I just can't do it. Yeah, and I, and I think there. I don't know what the larger message of that is, but I know exactly what you're saying. And you know, I was not able to to see that film Stone Cold Sober at 3 p.m. on a Monday. Like I, I definitely had to, mm -hmm. you know, inebriate myself. You had a couple of Sapporos, a couple of Sapporos, and you <laughs> some rose edibles. You maybe hit a pre-roll. I, I know how you operate, TJ. I've seen your. No, I just hit the. I just hit the bong before we got in the car. The, the parking structure was a little tricky. Oh man, there's nothing cooler. Oh, you know how much? You know how many <laughs> blunts I've smoked in a fucking rental car in a parking structure? I remember going to see uh -huh. Vanessa Carlton was playing somewhere at the at the at the Grove or no. No, no, at the at the um, Beverly Center. Mm -hmm. I can't. I don't. I don't remember this at all. It probably paid her a lot of money. And I just remember sitting in the rental car, getting absolutely ripped in the fucking parking mm -hmm. structure. And of course, I did have some difficulties finding my car when I left. <laughs> I did. I did. I didn't have to pull out a flashlight or anything, but I was a little bit confused. And the drive home was. Uh, I was putting others at risk. There's no question there. A little tough keeping it uh, between the lines down Wilshire. That's right. Well, it's it's a little bit, you know, like which lines are which. Oh, like what are lines? Uh, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Exactly. Why are we even Are you telling me that society's trying to fucking box me in? That's mm -hmm. fucked, bro. Uh yeah. our, speaking of 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 um, you know, smoking weed, we do have a guest today. Well, yeah, well, we have the Cheech and Chong of 90s indie rock. I don't know. I don't know if he I don't know if he I don't know if he chiefs, but uh Legendary uh, frontman of the band Spoon, uh, Britt Daniels, joining us today on the podcast. Uh, the new record, Lucifer on the Sofa, from our friends at Matador, is in stores now. I want to ask Britt about his beautiful head of hair and also about the time I saw him at Sweet Green and see if he's going <laughs> to deny that. You know what I mean? It's kind of see what the dressing story is for him. Um, mm -hmm. Because I, I he, he looks story. so well, he looks so great for his age. I kind of want to know what the secrets are, Jason. Because I, you know. I can't play guitar, and I obviously my head is shaved, so all I can do is hopefully eat salads to keep my waistline trim. He plays as many blues rock riffs as Mark Marin, and he looks, I don't know, 11,000 times better than him. So 11 times? Oh, easily, easily, easily. So yeah, we have a lot to get into, what salad dressing he's having at Sweetgreen. I also, <laughs> full disclosure, I think in 2007, which was unfortunately 15 years ago, <laughs> I did book Spoon... Uh, for a live concert at Cinespace back in the day. So I'm sure he doesn't remember that. And if he does remember it, the memories won't be fond. So let's give, uh, <laughs> let's give Brit a zoom and we'll talk about all of this and more. There we go. Brit, thank you for joining us. How are you? Good. Is Alex on? I'm here. Yeah. Alex is on. What's happening, man? Is Alex security or just press? Both. <laughs> Alex, how's it going today? It's going pretty well. Did you get out of your uh, video game K-hole? Yeah, I got out of the video game K-hole. <laughs> right? Is that what you were doing? Last night, yeah. I had a feeling. We we were all like band texting about what we were going to do on our day off, and only person that wasn't responding was Alex. Because he had the headset on. He was kind of in the zone. I was in the zone, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so we're recording with, with Alex and Brett. Just to just to clarify, yes. So you guys were just in San Francisco. You got LA in a couple of days. So now we're just cruising down the Cali coast. Yeah, 
So, uh, so Alex, what video game are you currently addicted to? There we go. Uh, it's, it's called Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Elden Ring. I, I have heard of that. It sounds like a bad movie, but I'm guessing that it does. It have what is the vibe? Like, what are you doing in this game to to get points? You're basically trying to um, save the world from <laughs> itself. Oh, I don't know, Chris. This game's okay. about I don't okay. know, saving the world from itself. So, it's not like Sonic the Hedgehog, where you got to get a bunch of rings. This okay, is- so you're saving, the, you're you're virtually saving the world. And what are we looking at on an hour count? Like, are we looking at you can do this six, seven hours, or or or, or are you limiting yourself? The the sad and frustrating thing is when you go to quit, it tells you how many hours you've played. Oh shit! <laughs> Elden Ring is doing you dirty by by doing that. What is? Do you know why they would do that? Other than shaming? It might be a source of pride for some people because this this game is like notoriously difficult. Like the makers Mm -hmm. have made other games that have been impossible to beat. I quit playing one of them because I I got to a point where I couldn't return and I'd have to start over. Okay. So so it's kind of like the infinite jest of of video gaming. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, you can beat it real quick, though. It'll be a source of pride for you, you know? It's like you can show I beat it in this amount of time. Oh, okay, okay. My time counter is not great. Jason, this is like when I screenshot my screen time on my iPhone being much, much higher Mm -hmm. than a normal person's Mm -hmm. and being happy about it. Yes. Is what it sounds like to me when I kind of shoot you the eight hours this week. It's a point of pride that shouldn't be a point of pride in terms of mental health. No, exactly. Does this require, Alex, does this this game require like any... Yeah, Britt, if you want, you can just pick up a book. We're just going to kind of talk about Elden Ring (laughs) for the next hour. (laughs) I understand you guys make music or something, but... Yeah, I'm not. We're we're a video game podcast now. We just decided. (laughs) Sorry. Honestly, I'm intrigued because Alex is always playing this game, but I don't know a thing about it i just see him but brit didn't take the time to ask about his interests did he (laughs) 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 i see you back there in the back but i never thought to ask i kind of thought it was a personal thing well hopefully we'll hopefully we'll beat elden ring one day the really sad part is i did beat it but there's uh there's two alternate endings. Uh-huh. Oh no, no, you went back to the well cuz you had to see the second one? Yeah, yeah. I I like that so far that every time you've said something about this video game, you preface it with here's the sad part and then when you said something again, you said right. here's the even sadder part and I kind of <laughs> need the you know, there's I'm a rule of threes kind of guy, so I'm hoping for one last you know, I did I did have to kind of kill my family to win this game. That's the real sad part about it. Well, I'm glad that you What do you play this on? Is this a computer or is this a is this like a video gaming system? On uh, a PlayStation 4. Is that a point is that an issue for you? Is they got to up your salary or what's the problem? I can't find one. They they sell out real quick. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I hope Santa Claus listens to this pod. Maybe someone will bring something by the end of this year. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I think it's time for you to just bite the bullet and overpay to a laughable amount. That would that would be the even sadder part. <laughs> I, I, just can't, I can't bring myself to do that. Well, we have we have a good um, listenership of people in the gaming world. I'm sure that a lot of these creative directors and and people that work at different startup companies might have an in. So, listeners, if you're a spoonhead and you want to help, uh, you want to help Alex out with a brand new PS5. You know, send me a DM and I'll set it up. I, I won't tax you too hard. What, well, Britt, what did you do on the day off if you weren't gaming? Uh, I rode my bike around. I went to the beach and walked along the beach. Okay, That's about it. Had a had a margarita with 
uh, Gerardo and Jim. Okay. This is a this is this is a real yeah. This is a real dichotomy. This is the polar op. That's like a real normal person's day off. <laughs> this is a view of every band on tour, though. I think this is a very common kind of you know everybody has their their way of decompressing when there's some time. But mm-hmm. I would say that a walk on the beach alone is the exact opposite of playing a video game. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it was on you. I don't get to get out in nature very often on these days off because usually there's something else going on press or travel, you know, or else we'll be in the bus all day. But yeah, it was a really genuine, full on relaxing day off. I like, um, you know, you can kind of take the the boy out of Austin, but not the Austin out of the boy. Even on tour, we're still having some Margs and cruising in, in a J.K. Living McConaughey kind of style. Yeah. And I applaud that about you. Yeah. Well, it's important. <laughs> I agree. Where are you guys today? We're in L- we're, we're in L.A. It's beautiful. We're both in L.A. It's great cycling weather. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some routes if you'd like, Brett. All right. What kind of what kind of cyclist are we doing distance in like the spandex or the the singlet or are we more of a casual rider? Uh, uh, I've got one of those fold up bikes. Yeah, he's on the road. Yeah, I throw it underneath the bus, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I love it. it. It just helps me get places fast. That's right. And your other your other option is the bird scooter. So you chose wisely. Yeah, yeah I've never been on one of those. I, Alex will do it. <laughs> I love throwing stuff under the bus too, but it's usually just Chris. So I'll, I'll, I'll check out the folding bike. <laughs> I have to say something, and you know, this is embarrassing to me, and I, I want to kind of, you know, I, I want to help Alex kind of, I'll shoulder some of the burden, but I have also ridden a bird scooter, and in Europe, I find it acceptable, but in America, I won't touch it. You've got, yeah, you've got a reputation stateside where you can kind of exactly. go under the radar. I, sorry, I watched Top Gun yesterday, so I've got radar on the mind, but... I actually, I don't know if you remember this, I said on the intro, but booked Spoon or Spoon played at a party that I threw in Hollywood in 2007. Oh, yeah. Kanye was there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we that's were. Right. We had an over-under on if you would remember it, and I see that there was luckily a reason for you to remember it. Well, that's cool. I didn't know that you were involved with that. I mean, I don't remember how it got put together, but yeah, I remember that show well. I remember, and that was, I think, with the Watson twins as well. Yeah. You know, it, it seemed like Spoon was an odd choice, but that happened a lot, and I always liked doing that because it was just full of people who were like on ecstasy who wanted to hear like rave music. <laughs> and then we would like, I remember one time we booked Lou Barlow and, and he was like, what in the flying fuck am I doing here? You know, like 11 people watched him and they were all guys who worked at Amoeba. But you guys, you guys, I mean, you guys had a line around the corner. It was a great, it was a great party. And then, yeah, I remember it going down well. Yeah. I met Rick Rubin that day. That's the other thing I remember about that. Really? Not not at the party, obviously. Off site. Not at the party. No, he no. wasn't at the party. We went to his house. This is before he decamped to Malibu. There was like a Hills house, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was um it was pretty amazing. You know, just like exactly what you would I'm sure it was Zen as all get out. Was this a was this for a purpose or was this just a general meet and greet? It was um there was some consideration of signing us and we uh we went through this phase. This was right after Gimme Fiction came out and right before Ga 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 came out. And there were, we sort of went through our second feeding mm-hmm. frenzy with labels. We love a feeding frenzy. It's, it's <laughs> always, there's at least a few good dinners in it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Rick Rubin, Rick Rubin took you guys to Katsuya. It was great. Big night for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think meeting Rick Rubin <clears throat> or getting invited up to the house is kind of like a little. A rite of passage. Britt, this was the American recordings phase? I think he was just about to start working with Columbia or maybe he was just started. Okay, okay. And we, in the end, we just stuck with Merge. We didn't we didn't switch labels at all. 
Mm-hmm. You said that don't impress me much, Ruben. That's exactly what we did the first time when we were eating frenzy. <laughs> we were with Matador instead of uh, Interscope, Geffen, or Warner Brothers. So smart. We didn't. We I don't know. We either are very smart or we didn't learn a thing. <laughs> either way, I mean, look, you're still you're still doing it. It could be worse. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know, the history ended up being on your side, as we've sort of learned that we don't necessarily need the uh, major label machine to find success. Right. That moment. Yeah, it was a good moment for. For rock and roll and for, I guess you'd call it independent bands or something. Did Rick kind of impart any wisdom on you or was there any... (laughs) We didn't get that far. What I remember is that it was the house was just like this, exactly what you would picture, like an old mansion, Spanish-style mansion Mm -hmm. with all kinds of amazing just gadgets everywhere. And it was kind of dark. Like where he was seated was underneath this actual taxidermy of a huge polar bear standing up. You know, yeah, I believe that's. I believe that polar bear is featured in the in the Jay Z documentary. Okay, yeah, or maybe or maybe the video or maybe the video. But I, I've seen that before, and I've never been to that house. So he's kind of it's an imposing figure, and he knows exactly what he's doing. So he's sitting right underneath this, <laughs> like sort of a, it's kind of on a throne, but well underneath this uh, polar bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if you Google Rick Rubin <laughs> and then the letter P, you know, polar bear follows right after. Oh, is that right? It's like a, it's like a. T- 10 footer it's like a big bastard yeah yeah i guess my story checks out oh it checks out there's a photo of rick rubin sitting next or standing next to the polar bear and and he's kind of wearing all white and you can't really tell who's who the best thing is he didn't acknowledge it whatsoever you know he just kind of let us (laughs) let us into this room he goes and sits underneath the polar bear and we had these you know we probably were uh in one of those a little smaller like a little lower yeah yeah a little bit <laughs> yeah, a little bit lower uh he didn't acknowledge the bear whatsoever it was just like this is casual you know like he happened to get that chair kind of seems like his vibe i saw him once at a smoothie shop in malibu oh you're you're talking about you're you're talking about Sun Life Organics, I'm sure. One of one Sun of the Life best Organics, smoothies. Yeah. One, one of the best smoothies in LA. I'm waiting for my smoothie and a man walks in and it's Rick Rubin. He doesn't say a word to anybody and be- and just walks to the counter and they hand him a fresh coconut. And he leaves. And that was it. There was no conversation. There's also no money no, mon- no money exchange. No money, no conversation. Rick walked in, got a coconut. And left. That when was you, it. When, you, uh, when, when you're like at a little like neighborhood coffee shop and like a dog walks by and they know to give him a treat every time kind of thing. Exactly. Get his, get his coconut ready. <laughs> but yeah, I was just standing there with my friends like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's, that's, Malibu is its own kind of planet in some ways where stuff like that, I feel like happens more often there than anywhere in the metro Los Angeles area. Probably, yeah. But I, I don't know if so is part but part of the draw to signing with Rick Rubin is that he would at least consider producing your album, or did that not did he not even offer that at this stage? Uh that we didn't get that far with it. I bet yeah, I bet no matter what happens, he'll he'll give you advice. I'm sure you've had a lot of those conversations, as many as he has. Just just I bet I remember more about it than he does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, you might be right. You might be right. But I don't know if the I'm always the interesting part about him producing the album to me is the the whole guru approach to production, uh-huh. which I feel like maybe could be my calling later in life because uh-huh. I don't really have any tech. I don't have any technical. Since you don't know what any of the knobs do. Exactly. I don't have any technical abilities, but I know when something feels good. I think that's exactly what he does. Yeah, exactly. So I could have a guy that knows how to touch the stuff. Right. And I'm just kind of feeling it you, out. You want to walk into the studio and be like... 
All right. Uh, fire your bass player. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so w- one thing, you know, when I was talking about before about about um, booking you in, in 2007 and I was making a remark of like, fuck, I feel old kind of thing. A lot of musicians, not even, you know, ones that have been around for a long time, have been complaining l- lately about labels and, and everyone telling them, you guys got to get on TikTok, you guys got to get on TikTok, it's not about the songs, it's not about the blah, blah, blah. Have you guys felt, felt any pressure to do that? Is that something that your label is <laughs> yeah, trying to push yeah. you to, or do they just know better to not even breach that topic? <laughs> uh, not TikTok specifically. I mean, we, we certainly are encouraged to play the game, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Alex, you remember... Have they pushed us into TikTok? I think they made one. They made one for us? <laughs> I mean, they, we haven't personally done anything with it. We're just going to go ahead and do it for that you. There is one that they've made. And what is the, what's the, like, the visual content? Do you know? <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't looked. It, just, it depends on which one of you guys is the best dancer. And that's that kind of where you, where you start. I, I guess maybe a better question for you, since you mentioned playing the game is like through the years – have you noticed that there's always something like this mm. that's just been repurposed as like, you know, now it's TikTok, but like you've you've gone through multiple iterations of quote unquote the game that, that you have to play that nobody really wants to play? Yeah, there is always a game. You're right. Have you liked any of the games or have they all been TikTok? Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the game is like, oh, you got to do this. And you're like, oh, that's not bad. I get a little check. It could be worse. Some people really hate the entity of radio. I like radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't mind getting up at five thirty a.m. to go talk to Boneyard and do a couple acoustic songs. That, that's yeah. what I don't like. You know, when you got to play like a radio, like a big radio show in an arena, mm-hmm. it, it may be strange, but I don't really mind that. And I and I just love being on the radio. I listen to the radio a lot, so it's so you. Yeah, I read that you you have a room in your house where there's always yeah. the radio playing twenty four hours a day. That's true. Yeah. Does the station rotate, or is it just one station? I try to rotate it a little bit, but in Austin, it's usually KUTX. So what what is it about radio that, that you find yourself drawn to, other than the commercials? Well, sometimes sometimes I like being in charge, and then sometimes I like it just being a, an experience where it's, it's not an algorithm. It's actually chosen by people. I like that, and I like some of the personalities. It did feel very. It does feel very personal. I mean, I think that that is something that we we have lost. I mean, Jason, have you heard of NTS? Maybe I have. I don't know what's NTS. NTS is like a is like a internet radio thing that is is you you pick a genre, but it's hand selected. Uh huh. So it's it's kind of like the best of both worlds a little bit. And Jason swears by this for some of his little ambient music that he likes. Right. Um, <laughs> But it's it's like the it's a little bit of a combo because it's picked by a human, right. but it's 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 seamless in a way. It's, yeah, you you can either yeah you can either listen to a live feed where there's always live DJs playing music, or you can kind of go back and and stream past shows. But instead of just like here's a song, and here's a song, and here's a commercial, people will make a playlist and have it kind of mixed together and it's like a whole i mean i like the breaks where they tell you what the artist was and you know have the whole thing going i like that too i think i found out about i find out a lot about a lot more music that way you know and also we have uh we have a lot of decision fatigue going on in our lives with you know what to choose (laughs) yeah all the time and it really is nice to just say oh just put the fucking radio on i don't want to think about it even if it's something bad i don't want to i'd rather listen to a bad thing than pick a good thing right i picked a bad thing last night jason i watched it we watched a show about a cult leader 
um, named Teal mm. uh, that I I had never heard of, and it was completely caused by decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm gonna check myself in soon. It's it's a it's a shame how much it can really stress you out. No, it's crazy. Yeah, which Elder Scroll mission you're gonna go that day? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, man. It's the constant flipping around. Is it is? I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. I've I've subscribed to uh, Disney Plus ever since Thanksgiving just so I can watch that Beatles thing. I mean, if I could buy it once, mm-hmm. I would, but I can't. So. I keep thinking, you for, thinking for this. You forgot to unsubscribe. We've all been there. No, I just want to, I don't want to not have access to it. It's like a fun thing to hit up. Every oh, day. so you're saying you're going back to it. You watch it all the way through, yeah. but then you want to go back to it sometimes. Yeah, I go back. I've heard a major takeaway from that were the looks. There was a lot of inspiring clothing going on yeah. that I think that I think was a hot topic of conversation in my world, along with the music, of course. Well, um, speaking speaking of um, what the question I was asking you before, I, I was recently reading an article that was that was talking about kind of the the TikToky algorithms changing how um, how we're listening to music, and and a lot of people are listening to old music. More so than than current contemporary music, like modern music, sort of shapes the the culture and the zeitgeist and everything. But people are actually listening to older music more often, you know, craving music that's not like a a synth loop algorithm kind of thing, but actually has musicianship going on. So do you do you guys feel like some of your your back catalog or just your catalog in general of music that's actually real? has experienced a little uptick lately. I mean, that's what we wanted to do with this record was make something that was completely real. Mm-hmm. You know, not that our last record wasn't real, but there were, there were a few loops and there were some drum machines <laughs> oh, okay. 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 and it was a very pieced together record. And, uh, and yeah, we wanted to make one this time that was much more like a, like an analog record made in the seventies was right. Right. And, and also a, a, a spoon loop is different than a, a Billie Eilish loop. Probably. But is that true that people are listening more to older music? Is that something you can? Yeah, no, it's real. And it's not even like music that's like 60 years old or whatever, but you know, even just music like five years ago, it's a huge difference from what's being made now. And I think a, a big part about TikTok is people are taking old songs, speeding them up or slowing them down, washing them out in reverb and kind of creating these new sound bites essentially or whatever, you know, five seconds worth of audio that they can then do a stupid fucking dance to or something, you know? Right. And then that will then take the original and that song will be number one. on The biggest, the example that's being used right now is Kate Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's number one on, on, I believe it was number one on iTunes because it was in Stranger Things. Yeah, I think a lot of the time that has to do with music getting placed like that too, you know? Yeah. We were kind of, Britt and I talked about this, I think in a different interview a while back, but it feels like whenever there's like a climax in a TV series or like an important scene, they're never using something that was recorded recently. Mm. There's like more emotion in, in that always because they're actually playing it. <laughs> and it's not somebody in the house. At their keyboard, you know, like typing away. You're right. <laughs> we often we talk with musicians on this podcast a lot, and we love to talk about uh, syncs 
and maybe a life-changing sink that you've had monetarily or one that you turned down that you deeply regret? We prefer life-ruining sink stories, <laughs> yeah. but if you have a positive one that you'd like to brag about as well, that works. I want to know how you were able to afford that Swiss chalet, and I hopefully that was from a, a McDonald's commercial or something. So if you guys have anything you could offer, <laughs> that, that'd be great. Honestly, I can't think of one that I regret. But <laughs> Alex, have we, have we done any bad ones, Alex? I don't think so. I mean, at this point, it's kind of like, it's just like an essential form of income because mm. the streaming shit is so bad. If you get a sink, Take it. Take the money and run. So, so it used to be a nice little icing on the cake that you didn't expect, and now it's a revenue stream that a lot of people really depend on. You know, even further back, it was like fra- like any kind of sync or placement was frowned upon as selling out. Yeah, but like sure. at this point, the way that the whole financial system works, it's just brutal. Maybe the reason I don't have any I re- regret is because we've turned down the bad ones. I remember when we were when we were. Uh, editing the video for I Turn My Camera On, we, me and Autumn DeWild, who was the director, were in this big editing facility in LA. And we were there for, I think, a couple days. And you know, well into our stay working on this video, I heard coming down the hall, another one of my songs. <laughs> Small stakes. And so I go, I go down the hall and I, the door was open. And I say, hey guys, What's happening? It's me. <laughs> and they were cut, they were cutting a Hummer commercial to small stakes. No shit. Small stakes, big car. <laughs> and you and you're like, hey, I wrote this song, guys. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Can you close the door, please? We're kind of busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they seemed a little embarrassed, honestly. And uh, and the and the, the uh, sync did, did eventually come to us, and I turned. That's one of the ones we turned down because I just didn't want. It wasn't the right time to do a Hummer commercial. Sure, sure. Luckily yeah, for sure. you, there still is not a right time to do a Hummer commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. that didn't that, age. That wouldn't that have aged. aged well. Right. I've I've seen many emotional Ford F one fifty commercials in my <laughs> in my short lifetime. That, that's a good point. Yeah. And most of them were scored were scored by Bob Seeger, which and that was recorded on tape a long time ago. <laughs> Damn, you're right. Seeger's making a lot of money off truck commercials. That's a good point. Like a rock, brother. <laughs> right. This shit wasn't on logic, goddammit. Exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> the only Pro Tools I got is Craftsman. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> so did, did Antonov produce your whole record? No, he didn't produce any of the record. Or he was just helping out. But okay. he just... Oh, thank God. He came over to my house one day in 2015. We came up with this track and... Then, but we didn't have words for it. And then for years, I would go back to it and sing a little of this, sing a little of that, and I didn't really ever love it. But finally, in 2020, when we when the pandemic came, I said, "Okay, I'm going to sit down today and I'm going to make it happen. It's going to be good." And I, <laughs> that's what that's what you said. You know what? If I do one thing during this damn lockdown, I'm going to finish this song. Right, and it finally came together. Did you guys have a tough time during during your COVID break, or did you make the best of it? Who got buff? Who got fat? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> Mentally, it was a tough time for a second there. Yeah. Yeah. We were in Austin and then we couldn't get together for a while. So Alex went back to LA in one in one drive. One, what? In one day. Yeah, I went home. Alex, were you, were you pissing in the Gatorade bottle? No pee-pee breaks? <laughs> no, I uh, I stopped at pee. But, you know, it was like, it was so early in the in the whole thing. Nobody knew how it all worked yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. I don't know if I want to stop at a hotel. Like, 
every time getting gas, you, you know, I was putting on gloves. I mean, this was still when people were like wiping down their groceries coming back from yeah, Jason's stores. still doing that. Um, but early days, I'm, I'm still bleaching my bleach. <laughs> we don't, we don't like to talk about it. That's- so you did a solo, <laughs> you did a solo drive and you're saying what, what is the hour count on that? 15? No, it was like, I think it was like 22 ish. <laughs> oh shit. So you did tw- 22 solo. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Right through. Hardcore. I mean, that's kind of what 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 COVID was for—to do some some crazy shit yeah. like that. Because, like, what else are you gonna do? You know. And also, the roads are just clear. You know. <laughs> yeah, there was something. There was something really nice about like after being stuck in a room for like you know a few weeks. At that point, it had only been a few weeks. Um, just getting out into like very open space like that. Yeah, you you took the you opened the Tesla up. I I can imagine you're going one ten <laughs> the whole way. I can see it right now. And you get to hit the road with just you and your whatever you want to listen to and do instead of uh, exactly. you know, a bunch of these fucking bandmates. You didn't have, yeah, you didn't have a dog or anything with you, right? This is true solo. <laughs> just, yeah, just true solo, free solo. Free I did. Solo. <laughs> I did a similar. I I did that from I did that from New York to Atlanta. And I made a lot of stops in hotels, but this was further along in the process. Right. And um, I I can't really handle it. I, I like to be alone with my thoughts, but something about the open road makes it more emotional. Don't run away from your emotions, Chris. I kind of like that. Lean into it, brother. Were you listening to books on tape? What was going on? You know, I can't remember what I was listening to, but I was definitely listening to a lot of music. I was probably most likely texting and driving. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your honesty Alex. i appreciate this yeah look the cop good share the cops don't listen to this but i i know that you're felt and you're seen here it was just like i had to it was too long i don't know i got it, I got and it. By, like, by the time i got to palm springs it was really windy and that was like at the peak of my tiredness so it was like real white knuckled oh yeah yeah over there with the windmills you really gotta kind of keep your hands on that wheel gripping yeah it was uh it was getting rough over there especially when the molly's wearing off after coachella <laughs> i don't know now was it trucker speed red bull classic cocaine what was kind of keeping you fueled you know so like the truck stop coffee seems to be extra jacked up you know there's like there's like uh <laughs> normal coffee normal coffee coffee normal coffee and then there's one that's like extreme coffee and i would always get that one and uh adderall (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you for the dramatic pause on that one alex yeah i i I appreciate that well i mean as, as as people who have driven across this country and the world for decades now through the years we've talking about the talked about the evolution of tiktok and music marketing but what about amphetamines that we use to stay awake on the road for for hours on end like how has that changed over the years are we in a good period are we in a bad period do you miss you know something that is not legally available to be sold anymore back in the day something like that uh alex (laughs) brit's like you have you've already opened up about your drug use maybe you can drive this one home (laughs) you take this one (laughs) i go pretty clean when i'm on the road honestly so 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 you guys are talking about the beauties of analog radio, listening to some classic rock while you're driving across the country. All I'm, I'm saying all this sounds like prime podcasting time. Pro podcast? Are we anti-podcast? What are, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> Not anti-podcast, mm-hmm. no. Okay. It's okay if you are. Yeah. Chris has a podcast and he is he's adamantly anti. Are there people that are anti-podcast? Is that a thing? This is my co-host, Chris. Waste of time. No, no. I, I used to. 
listen to a lot. Like when I first, when it first really hit me, I would listen to four or five. I was also, to, to be completely transparent, addicted to Oxycontin. So I would kind of just zone out and listen to five hours of podcasts. Right. And now I don't, <laughs> I can listen to 30 minutes here and there, but it, it reignited my love for music in a way that I didn't see coming. You didn't know what you had till it was gone. Exactly. Like it had taken over my listening. And now I literally, I, I only listen to music really. You're edging music. I was edging music. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, no, I don't I just can't I think when you do something I don't know it's not the same with music but when you do something all the time it's tough to listen to it in your off time that's what I was gonna say it seems like now that you do podcasts all the time like you want nothing to do with it. well because you hear all these bozos you hear all these bozos trying to do it and you're like this sucks you know how it is guys it's like when you walk into a record store you're like this shit sucks <laughs> <laughs> we got there's a new spoon record you guys buy this this other shit's bad well but you also have to know what the rest of the market is doing what your competition on the shelves at amoeba are sounding like so you kind of you know you, you got to know your enemy mm-hmm. but I think you, you bring up an interesting point that um, like I listen to a lot of Howard Stern, the God, and there's times where I'll have to force myself to stop at this point because, you know, especially if I'm working on a record, I'll get to where I'm just listening to Howard Stern and I need the, it's just, you know, it's weird that po- these podcasts and the, and the availability of this talk radio or talk, you know, content that you didn't used to have, it can take over. So to the point where I'm not listening to as much music, you know, Mm-hmm. And I need to hear that music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me feel good. And it's especially, you know, it kind of informs your inspiration a lot of times when you're making music. It helps to hear great music. And I was going to ask you that. So it helps you versus like hindering you to listen to music while you're making your own. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, I'm not one of those people that's like, I'm not going to listen to anything other than my own music. I just, I think that's bullshit. I mean, that's insane. That's an, that's mm. an ego trip. Yeah, that's why. An ego trip and it's like, what, you think you're going to reinvent music? It's, you know, I, I think that yeah. if I listen to um, something that's, you know, one of the greats, you know, a Stevie Wonder record or a Beatles record or a Prince record or mm-hmm. that will fill my mind with thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. whether they're lyric, lyrical or, you know, form form wise or instrument wise, you know, or even just jealousy <laughs> yeah. of like, fuck. How- oh, yeah. And that- but that I mean, that's the kind of stuff that that pushes you to create some excellence on your own. If you're just listening yeah, to Howard counts, Stern, that counts, too. That counts, too. It's, it's good to hear somebody's record and be like, God damn it. That is so good. I need to try to do that. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Have you done Howard Stern before? I've done the wrap up show a couple of times and I've and we were played we recorded a session and he played some of it and he even talked about me <laughs> on the air. In, in, in a positive way or a, or a negative in a positive way. He was telling, he, he had watched our performance and he, I guess he liked the look of me <laughs> and he told uh, the way that his, he talked about, he talked about how we played these songs. One of the songs we played was a John Lennon song and he loves John Lennon. I knew this. This is why yeah, we- <laughs> you're pandering to your audience. A little stern bait. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was bait. You know what you're doing, Brett. <laughs> and he was telling Robin, you know, his sidekick. Yes. Uh, he's always telling her that she, he's going to hook her up with someone to get married. And I was the person that day. Mm-hmm. He looks like a nice guy, good looking guy. You know, I think this is who you need to get hooked up with. This is, this is the one you really need to settle down with. Robin. Damn. That's a great, <laughs> that's great. That's like, that's gotta be big for you as a listener. I mean, that's like, it was totally bizarre. You should have called You should have called in. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't hear it live. I would but, say, um, I would recommend this to you, but you probably already have it. But the book that they published of all of his interviews where he kind of gives you the insight before reading the transcript. Howard Stern comes again. 
I haven't read it yet. It's great. I, I, um, I kind of, I don't, I don't, I didn't read it all the way through. I kind of go back to it from time to time because it's a pretty thick tome. Yeah, I got to read it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. You know, his taste in music is very interesting, though. It's like, I feel like he would have Stone Temple Pilots play every day still. Yeah, he's exactly right. <laughs> really? You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, he lo- he yeah. loves like rock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's <laughs> a selective and interesting choice, uh, you know, taste of music. There's certain things that he uh, his favorite Prince record is uh, the Batman soundtrack, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> and he brings that up all the time. You know, it's not. Wow, I thought I was setting so my way. But he also loves the also loves the Beatles and also yeah. loves mm, Led Zeppelin. The classics, the classics. He loves Train. <laughs> he loves train. Yes, he does. And there was a there's a birthday party. He had like a crazy birthday party, and he had like wild bands play the birthday party. You you should it, and it's it's like a really from a, I think Third Eye Blind, which is one of my favorites, played during like a good era. Right. And he was he was really amped on that. Yeah. He was really psyched. But he was like sitting at a table like an American Idol judge <laughs> while <Right>. bands <laughs> played for him at his own birthday. It must be so cool to be so beloved and legendary like Howard Stern that you could publicly admit that you like train and ever and nobody talks <laughs> shit on you for it. You know what I mean? He likes what he likes and that's you know, he has integrity. It's that's cool. I agree. Yeah, I think the honesty the honesty is what is what gets him by because he doesn't right. waver in that. You know, right. he doesn't waver in that. But yeah, in the book it, it's like his breakdown of how he became he went from being like the shock jock like i'm gonna ask you about sex to being more of like an introspective and and uh different style of interviewer mm-hmm. i you know i don't listen I, I don't listen enough to like notice a shift no there's been, there's been a huge shift i mean I, I i wonder how much of that was a reaction of his own design and how much is just like oh I I will get canceled if I throw baloney at this girl's asshole again, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I think there's, <laughs> all of that is true. Probably, um, I think I think luckily for him, he came to that realization kind of before that had to happen. Yeah, um, smart guy. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a that's that mention is great. That's a Hall of Fame mention, Britt. It was unreal. It was unreal. I, so that means that you're not only listening to terrestrial radio, but you are paying that premium for the Sirius XM subscription. Yeah. And you get a little outlaw country in the truck, too. I do a lot of listening. You guys have trucks? Come on, be honest. No, I don't have a truck. I'd <laughs> like a truck. We were, Yeah, we were in a truck the other day, and we were talking about This is actually kind of nice. Yeah, I think trucks are having a... Jason drives a truck, and he, he, he obviously thinks it makes him like a real man. What kind of truck you got? It's a Nissan truck. It's not American. Uh-huh. <laughs> Right. Hold for applause. It's a it's a Nissan Frontier. Nissan, full disclosure, is one of our sponsors, but that did not influence my decision. But <laughs> <laughs> he, I, there's something. I, there is something about a truck. Obviously, besides the utilitarian use of it and uh, the kind of inherent value that it has above a standard car, people look at you uh, in a way that I wasn't used to being looked at um, as like a man. You know. Right. <laughs> And it was like it was a. It's a positive thing. No, it's all positive. But it it, it was some. It was an experience I had never felt before, and I and I liked how it felt. <laughs> it, it made, it like I don't know who this guy is, but he's useful. I'm afraid that if I pulled up in the F1, you know, the 350 dually, people could still look at me and tell I'm a pussy. The the 350 dually is too big. You're trying too hard. That's little dick energy. You need a nice normal truck. If you live in Texas, though, I guess a truck has a different connotation than than L.A. It doesn't stand out as much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to be in a truck for some reason. You know, it's it's more fun than a van. It's more fun than a car. It's not for you, Chris. This ain't it seems you. like it's a little bit of still. I see a lot of guys hopping out of the hopping out of the yellow pickup 
with, you know, a matching sweatsuit on. I don't think those guys are able to do anything with their hands. I've hauled. Oh, last question. You guys canceled on us twice. <laughs> and I would, uh, I would like, um, I'm not looking for an apology, guys, but just <laughs> maybe an explanation. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. And this is what these guys always do. You get, you know, you're going to blame it on the PR. And I get it. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> I am completely unaware of us having a uh, having had a interview set up before. That's why you're that's why you're the star, baby, and that's why we're the lowly <laughs> lowly media. I have no idea what you're talking about, bro. I mean, I knew that they were trying to schedule it for a while, but I didn't know that one was scheduled. It's okay. Well, I apologize. I apologize. No, no, it's fine. It, it, it's a good hang. No, no, no. Don't worry. Don't worry. The other question, Britt, just quickly, is I I believe that I saw you once at a Sweet Green. <laughs> A sweet green. You're familiar with the salad restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if that if that was you, I would just love to confirm what your kind of go to dressing is. Uh, you know, just like a balsamic vinaigrette is pretty good. You know. Okay, you're keeping it. You're keeping it light. A, ra- a ranch. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. Now we're cooking Which with one gas. Was it the sweet green that's over by? Um... This was in. Uh, this was in New York. This was Kenmare. I don't know. Well, I I could recognize that beautiful head of hair anywhere. You know, and then uh, you know, even this is pre mass though. So you know, I, I I didn't I didn't want to interrupt by asking if you like the cashew, but you know, I'm glad to know now that you're a vinaigrette guy. Yeah. Afterwards, <laughs> we'll we'll contact your PR and we'll get your email addresses. Put some uh, put some sweet green bucks into your account. Don't worry, it's a little gift from us. Fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Spoon. Uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, you guys are in LA this week. Yeah, LA. Yeah. Go see him at the Palladium on Thursday. The new album is out. And, uh, we appreciate you taking the time, guys. Yeah. Yes, man. Good to talk to you guys. I recall. Like a rock. Standing arrow straight.